So today is Mother's Day. And um, it's a very somber occasion um, this week. My grandfather passed away this past Thursday on May 5th. And of course, yesterday, May 7th, was the 10 year anniversary of my mother's passing. Starla K. Hunter was her maiden name. So, you know, it's crazy to think that a decade has already passed, but it has. And that time just keeps marching on, like they always say. I can never let my mom be forgotten, though. You know, she was so vital to me. And today, of course, now is Mother's Day. <laughs> to have both of those dates back to back like that is rough. Um, it is rough. It's also. It's also something that was inevitable because obviously, I mean, this is going to happen repeatedly over time. And this coming up Tuesday is May 10th, which is both my grandfather's funeral and the 10 year anniversary of the memorial service we had for my mother. <clears throat> so, this is <clears throat> most certainly a time to reflect. But also, I want it to be a time for uplifting. My brother, he and his best friend, Michael, of course, goes by Dead MC. That's D3ADMC. And then his friend, Scott, goes by Lil Zip. Um, I think there's actually another Lil Zip out there, but who cares? But they released something called Marionette. And Michael has like three songs on there that, in some way, is a tribute to mom. And they dedicated the whole album to both my mom and our grandfather. And. Well, both our mom and our grandfather and the song the, the most powerful song on there I think is the song called 10 Years Homeless and it just keeps replaying in my head I've listened to it repeatedly it's just one beautiful tribute to our mother but it's just also heart wrenching because the pain in his voice in there the pain in the song it just brings that pain out in me and I want to talk with Michael about a number of these things but yeah I think the hardest thing for him to talk about would be those songs um, but if he's ever comfortable and if he and Scott are okay with it I will do the same thing for Marionette that I did for Pincushion um, <clears throat> it's a uh, it's just a rough time of year and this I mean they say that time heals everything and Michael actually makes a reference to this in the 10 Years Homeless song, but it, it doesn't heal everything. I'm sorry, it, that's a lie. That, that, that's an attempt to try and get you to stop crying about something. I'm sorry, that's just, I don't believe in that lie, that myth, that time heals everything because, my friends, I'm here to tell you it doesn't. It's a lie. All you can do is learn to bury the pain because something's always going to come up that's going to remind you of the pain. And maybe, who knows, maybe that's just a thing when it comes to someone who's as great of a human being as my mother was. Was she perfect? Of course not. But she exemplified everything that you want in a mother and a human being in general. So now I have to find things that keep me distracted. Because there are moments of loneliness for all of us when we have time to think. And, you know, yesterday, May 7th, was actually 
May 6th and May 7th were actually better days than it could have been for me because someone who was very near and dear to me, you know, took time out of their day and spent them with me. That was a big portion of those days, and it it helped a lot. And I can't, I don't want to just out this person, but, you know, they, they, they meant a lot to me. They mean a lot to me, just... Yeah, anyways, so um, obviously in this episode, we are going to be talking about WWE, you know, backlashes tonight. Also going to have a funny little skit with the kids and I, and we are also going to be talking about politics. So there you have it. Rest in peace, Grandpa. Rest in peace, Mom. And everyone else who we've lost over these past few years. Love you all. Thank you for listening. Let's get on with it. I found the app, and now the app is working. And I got to put up the phone up against the vent. There we go. It doesn't look like it's too bad, huh? Shut up! Shut up! You made me start. <laughs> you made me mess up in my talk. My talking. In my talking! It's not your talking. No, I didn't say talking, I said be, talking! Are you trying to be British and Russian at the same time? Shut up! <laughs> Madison, why are you laughing? Why are you, why are you smiling like that? Because you're talking so stupid. That's it. Do not make me sound like I'm French idiot! I'm not French <laughs> idiot. I'm Austrian. You're yeah, not Austrian. How do you think you know that? Bah. British. Yeah. I'm not British. That is not what. What the hell do you get that? Do you not know how British people talk? They talk like I. I, I am British. That's how, that's how they talk. That's how you talk. <laughs> that is true. That is not. I mean, I don't talk like I'm British. I talk like Austrian. Austrian. I, no. Quit. Shut up. Austin. What? Why? Why do you antagonize me? Madison, why do you sit there with your lips tightened like you're trying to prevent a bug from going in there? Is there a bug somewhere nearby your lips? Or like, yeah, it's one of those torture things that they close your mouth with the freaking uh, cell stuff. Oh, yes, that would suck. That would suck big time. That's right. Why is there silence? You wanted to record video, not video, you wanted to record audio. And then you no talk. See, you idiot. No. I mean, you are idiot. Not me. I'm not the idiot. Me no idiot, you idiot. Quit talking like caveman. <laughs> me not talking about caveman. This is how caveman talks. I mean, me no not this. Me you caveman. I am not, not a caveman. Yes, you are. I'm Donald. Donald. No, you're not, Dan not Donald. Donald. Just Donald. What? No, you're Donald. I'm not Donald. I'm Donald. <laughs> That's Dad Honored! Dad Honored! it. How is that how you breathe? Dan-o. That is how I exhale! <laughs> breathe right now. That's, a, that's me taking a big breath. When I go to a doctor, doctor say open wide, I go, and then he goes, breathe out, and I go, he said, take deep breath in, I said, and then he takes, 
deep breath out. See, that's how I breathe. Do you not understand? Do you not believe me when I say that's what doctor says to me? Knock, knock. Look, that, uh, that license plate says, Ock! Knock, knock. I am not answering the stupid door. The stupid door. People, people like to pay, play pranks and they like to put bag of shit on my doorstep and they light it on fire. So then I have to stomp on it, getting shitty fire all over my foot. My, my foot. Knock, knock. Shut up! Just do it. No! Just do it. No! Knock, knock. Madison, you're laughing. Were you the one who put shitty bag on my, on my porch step? No! Knock, knock. Why did it have a giant knock, M? Knock, knock! Why did it have a giant M on the back of sheet? What? I think Madison is the one who left me Todd. <laughs> the flaming Todd. Knock, knock. No! This bag of sheet will not be put out by my foot! There is no bag of poop. Okay, fine. I will answer the door. Knock, who knock. is it? Knock, knock. I said, who is it? Shut up. No, I do not like this shut up person. I do not care about your last name. <laughs> your last name does not exist to me. Your face don't exist to me. You are not looking at my face, you are looking at the back of your dad's head. Um, I'm looking at you. <laughs> You're not looking at me. <laughs> There's a mirror right here. You're looking me. at the mirror, and the mirror is reflecting the image of what looks like a face, Look but like it is not face. my face. What? Huh? What? What? Quit asking me questions! You're dumb. I am not dumb! Yes, I am are. genius where no, I come from! I am not genius. I am genius where I come from. Madison, do you believe this genius story of mine? Do you believe that I am genius? What? No! You cannot say that you don't believe in me being genius! You're no genius. Yes, I am genius. I am genius. Me from genius. My home country! You know genius. I am genius, big time! No, you're not. I am genius big time. No, you're not. That's What'd it. you do to be a genius? I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't know. I was just told one day, hey you, yes you, Dan, you are genius. And I was like, that is great. That is a great designation you no, have given like, me. More like, hey. We are at your mom's. You shut up now. You're, no, they're like, hey, Donald. Donald! It is not Donald! It's Donald! No! <laughs> Enter next time. Enter next time. Bye. <laughs>
on the second, because you say chapter on it, but this is chapter 16 of the Pillars of Unitism on social democracy. So, what is social democracy? Um, you probably know of political parties around the world called social democrats. You also have democratic socialists. A lot of them tend to have a lot of overlap, but ultimately, social democracy, one way of putting it is democratizing the economy, democratizing the workplace. Um, it's something that a lot of socialists used to be really in favor of. You know, a lot of um, social democrats used to call themselves socialists. And, you know, that, that, that they used to be one and the same in, in some respect. But, of course, social democrats now tend to be capitalists who use elements of socialism. But what is social democracy in this context? It's about democracy in the workplace. Your ability to control via popular will of the workers, you know, your direction. So at the heart of this, at least at the transition uh, stage, is the existence of unions, labor unions. Organized labor is essential to a um, functioning, properly functioning economy and workplace. It's essential to balancing out power between the working class and the, as you can call them, supervisor class. Um, the elites, if you will. It, it helps to avert a crisis of where you are being dictated to and being oppressed by your employer. Now, of course, we all live you know, in, in this situation where we have an authoritarian model where the employer is all-powerful, essentially. Unless, of course, you have a union. Um, whatever your employer says goes. And that's where this concept of social democracy comes in, is it once again creates that balance. Um, just like you don't want authoritarianism on the national or even regional scene, you don't want it in your employment. So th th I delve into, in this chapter, this uh, topic of social democracy and how it's important for the economy to have justice, uh, how it's important for there to be balance. Um, eventually, you know, w with uh, you have uh, you have unions which can help provide the balance. You also have um, another situation where you have uh, a co-op co of sorts, cooperative ownership, um, which is basically. I think I'm probably using the, the wrong term there, but I, I delve into this in the in the book, in this chapter, where I talk about how workers in a number of workplaces throughout this country and even in parts of the world, workers will actually um, serve as part owners of their of their job, you know, of the pla their place of business. So this isn't like the same thing so much as like when you have an employer who suggests that you buy stock in the company. Uh, that you work for. This isn't the same as that. This is literal ownership, partial ownership. And, you know, in these, you tend to have like, yeah, one person who has like a little bit more than everyone else, but it's very small. It's a very small difference of ownership between, you know, the workers collectively and of course the um, like supervisor or whatever. So uh, there's different ways of doing that, but ultimately what it is, is it creates a nice little balance where you don't just have a, a one well basically there's none of this is there a one-size-fits-all approach that actually is um, you know essential you can have like different models for this but this particular model you see um, with the Green Bay Packers actually um, there's a little bit of collective ownership 
of, of the Packers there, which is one of the reasons why, um, number one, it's the only team in the country that is basically community-owned and um, owned by their by the players, in part. Um, it also cannot move. Uh, the Green Bay Packers will never move from Green Bay. They're permanently there. And the NFL changed the rules uh, for team ownership after the Packers did this. So you... Uh, you have an interesting little model there, but in this, in that part of the country, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, and stuff, you have a lot of these um, companies that are partially owned by their um, by their employees. Um, ultimately, you know, with social democracy, you uh, unions are very essential as part of the heart. So you either have unions or you have this um, collective ownership of. Uh, the, the place of business something like that either way it has to be something that empowers the worker because let's be honest the so-called open door policy quote-unquote that a lot of these businesses like to tote that they have you know part as part of their propaganda against unions the open door policy is a you know bullshit you know claim you know that they they like to assert that anyone can walk into the doors and express their concerns and um, their complaints but that isn't really a guarantee that justice will be served that isn't a guarantee that you'll be heard or protected yes you know you have uh, HR departments which is usually what you have to go into for the open-door policy and you know, they'll have a number of things where they'll step in and they'll override whatever supervisor may be in the wrong but ultimately HR departments are nothing but agents from corporate you know the, nothing but agents from the supervisor class if you will like that they, they'll hear you out sometimes they'll even stand up for you and you know stand up on your behalf but more often than not they're there to keep you in line to keep you from well organizing so that's why social democracy is just vital here because you know, otherwise we have this wool that's pulled over pulled over our eyes where we are convinced taught if you will that workers don't need a union where we are taught that unions have outlived their their purpose but that is just bullshit that's all I mean that's just one way of putting it just utter bullshit workers have not outlived unions unions still serve a purpose because the very existence of unions creates pressure on all jobs within that surrounding area at least within the industry creates pressure on them to stay honest because you have also the existence of what's called a prevailing wage and these things, you know, from the weekend, from um, overtime rules, comp uh, employee, well, compensation, um, workers' compensation. Um, there's so many different uh, benefits that you have. Like, there's a whole host of them, and I'm not going to go through it, but I also talk about that in this chapter too. Unions are the reason why we have all these worker protections that we have. So they still serve a purpose. Absolutely. Because there are still injustices that happen now, but part of why these companies keep a lot of their injustices under wraps is because they see that unions are still a factor and none of them want you to create a union. So they will well, be kept a little bit on this, at least indirectly, by a union that is in the area, at least of the industry itself. You know. And of course, you, you notice that employers will spend money out the yin yang to uh, to prevent the formation of a union. 
they spread all their propaganda and all that like it is it is amazing to see how how hard they will fight how much money they will spend to prevent the formation of a union but yet they'll claim they don't have the money to give you more pay so that's another thing that unions are good for is demanding that you get paid better that you get better benefits so without social democracy all you have is social autocracy and uh yeah just i encourage you to go into my book to read what i've said sorry to read what i've said about this and of course you know form your own opinion but either way hope you read the book hope you enjoy thank you for listening Well, today is not as exciting for me as it should be. Today is, of course, the day of Backlash 2022. So I've got a few things to talk about here, including the top five for the week. And of course, you know, <sighs> there's just a lot going on, and I'll get into that. But, um, so let's get into the top five for WWE. Um, what sounds like sadness has nothing to do with wrestling. Um, so don't worry about that. Alright, so number five comes from SmackDown. The uh, match with Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Sami Zayn. Very much a good match. I um, enjoyed it. And uh, it was, I mean, it was exciting. Of course, I was a little bit out of it during this. Because um, my grandfather passed away the day before. So, but either way, I... You know, enjoyed this match. Appreciated um, this sh episode of SmackDown from WWE. It actually was not a bad episode, like at all. And I'll get more into that tomorrow when I do um, Omni Access. But yeah, great effort there. Um, number four comes from NXT, the main event. Braun Breaker predictably defeats uh, Joe Gacy. Um, just a really good matchup here. I thought it was a great showcase of Gacy and his talents. Um, he was. He's just. I'm a big fan of Gacy. So anytime that he is in the spotlight, I'm paying attention. So I mean, of course, he did some like almost paid homage to, um, you know what I mean, to uh, Bray Wyatt, and that's and that made this enjoyable. I mean, I think he's just trying to make this his own thing, but he reminded me a lot of Bray during this match. All right, number three comes from Raw. Um, the six-woman tag, uh, this was basically the main event. Um, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Asuka defeat Becky, um, Sonya Deville, and Rhea Ripley. My brother was actually visiting me when I was watching this episode of Raw. And he he doesn't really watch wrestling as much anymore. I took him to Extreme Rules with me, and he enjoyed that. 
and he watched um, half of the Royal Rumble with me, and then he watched all of WrestleMania with me. So he's he's like kind of into it again, but only when he's watching it with me. But he was real, and like he's not typically into women's matches that much. Not that he hates women's wrestling, he just doesn't think that um, it's as entertaining as everything else. But he was really into this match, and he was like, "Oh, that was actually a really good match," you know, at the end of it. So you know, he got into that, and that was, I think, a good sign. And WWE, yes, they definitely make mistakes with it, <clears throat> but I think they've been doing good with their women's division. I mean, they're just the best at it. Excuse me. All right, and now number two, um, we had this great little breakdown here. This uh, segment with. Um, RKO and Drew McIntyre, or as Drew McIntyre calls it, RK McBro. <laughs> um, first they came out and they're doing this whole acknowledge me segment, which had me rolling. I, I needed the laugh going into this, and it was so much fun to watch. You know, they're just they're just tearing into him, and of course then they have a scuffle with the Bloodline because the Bloodline gets tired of being mocked. This was supposed to be a face to face with them, so it turns into a brawl. RK Bro, RK McBro, as you want to call them. Uh, stand tall over the bloodline and that of course ends the show for Smackdown as the go home show completely for Backlash and finally number one um, another excellent segment with Cody and Seth I think Cody is gradually quickly becoming the next face of WWE he is I don't know it, it, I mean, he's absolutely settling in but it's still exciting at least for me to watch uh, I'm dreading the day when the fans start getting divided over him because you know it's coming um, but me, I'm I'm sol solidly in the Cody camp. So especially if he brings back that Winged Eagle title, if he wins the WWE title, I will mark out. <laughs> I'm just saying that. So this was a great segment between Cody and Seth. Seth trying to get dirty by talking about Cody's father, and then of course he gets really personal. I mean, if you couldn't get any more personal than that, what else are you going to do? Well, he goes into the whole notion that Cody says he's going to become WWE champion, do what his father couldn't, and Seth's like, "You're never going to do that either." So that's what leads to a brawl. Just a great, just great stuff here. Um, I'm the most excited, excited I am for any match at Backlash is for this uh, match coming up between these two. There were other great things that happened on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, but um, I don't want to have any honorable mentions anymore if I can help it. Like trying to shorten these as much as I can, especially when I have predictions to get to. Which now it's time to get to the predictions for Backlash. Alright, so let's just start from the bottom of the card that I, as I've written out here. There are, as of the last time I checked, there's six matches scheduled for Backlash. Kind of a light card. It's okay though. So, Omos versus Lashley. Since MVP is in Omos's corner, it looks like they're trying to build Omos as a serious threat. So Lashley has a victory over Omos at WrestleMania. I think Omos is going to win this one because I do think that this feud is going to continue at least probably until Hell in a Cell. I'm not sure if that's the next pay-per-view. I think it is. But um, yeah, that's what I believe it's going to head to is Omos, Lashley at the next pay-per-view for the tiebreaker. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, now we go on to, yeah, I think Omos is going to win um, just because of how they're building him up. If Lashley wins, I'll also be satisfied. I'm not going to be unsatisfied regardless on this. I just think, booking-wise, it probably makes sense for Omos to win, especially if you want to keep building him up. I quit match uh, for the SmackDown Women's title. I think this time, like I said it last month for WrestleMania, I know, but um, I think Ronda Rousey is looking good going into this. Um, 
Charlotte seems like she's about to build a, a rivalry with Drew Gulak. So I think she's actually going to... Sorry, I keep yawning, and it's so annoying. <laughs> I do this whenever I talk <laughs> like this. But I think that... Um, I think Charlotte's going to step away from the women's championship picture for a moment to go feud with uh, with men. I've been hearing a lot of chatter about that. So I think that Ronda's about to become the new face of the women's division, which is fine. I am a big fan of Ronda Rousey. You know, I know this time around hasn't been exactly what it was like last time around because last time was kind of magical. Then she took her a few years back. She, she just needs to grow into this again like she did last time. I would like to see her turn heel again. Because that's when she was gold last time around when she was heel. So if she turns heel shortly after becoming women's champion, that would be great. Like you know, what if she like does like a fake injury on um you know storyline kayfabe injury on Charlotte? That would be great. But then again, it would also delay Charlotte feuding with men. So maybe Charlotte can come out and blame Drew Gulak for it. Who knows? But I think uh, Ronda's almost gotta have this victory. Um, that would also create a you know one victory versus one victory scenario. Unless, of course, you count uh, their match at Survivor Series in 2018. But, anyways, I I've enjoyed this. It hasn't been, like, the best, but I've I'm still okay with it. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. So, you know, to each their own. Anyways, like I said, Ronda Rousey, I think, is going to win. All right, Edge versus Styles Part 2. Um, the way this has been getting beat, um, built up and Styles, you know, looking like he's the victim more and more... I think that Styles is going to shock, quote-unquote, Edge here and pick up a victory, lead to a frustrated Edge. Now, Edge could definitely still win to help build up his um, his uh, stable, Judgment Day. But I know you call it faction, stable, group, whatever. I don't care. But um, but I think, I, I really, this is kind of a gamble on my end. I think that Styles is going to win this, um, especially now that it seems like he's being paired up with uh, Finn Balor. So... I don't know. We, uh, either way, I'm, I'm excited for it. This is going to be a good match. I like this uh, faction for Edge. Really exciting. I can't wait to see what they do next. Now, if Edge wins, which is also a very strong possibility, I think they're going to add a new member. It's probably going to be why they win if, if he wins. All right. Uh, Mad Cat Moss, I believe, will defeat Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin. Um, this is just because that's kind of the direction you want to go anyway. Um, this is... Basically, their only match against each other, and I don't think it's going to keep going on. My one concern for Moss is that after he beats Happy Corbin and turns him into unhappy Corbin, because <laughs> I don't think he's going to be Happy Corbin much longer after losing this, because he's starting to hit hit that losing streak now. After he loses to Moss, I well after no, well after he loses to Moss, Corbin's going to have like another reinvention, which is going to be fine. He's pretty decent at that. And then Moss, I don't know what he does next after this rivalry with Corbin. Maybe he has a rivalry with Sami Zayn? I don't know. But, you know, that's uh, I think that's going to be good um, for Corbin. But I'm not sure what Moss does. Like, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do next with him because I don't know how much further you could take this character after he's done with this rivalry. I don't know. All right. I do believe Cody will defeat Seth in their second encounter. Um, mostly because it might be too early for Cody to start losing. If he loses, it's not the end of the world. But I do think it's um, it's all, not so much vital, but I think it would be better to have Cody win 
in this encounter. And it just makes more sense, especially with how personal Seth has made it. Maybe Seth gets into his head. Unless they debut someone or have Seth come in, have Seth, you know, bring someone in to uh, interfere on his behalf, which I don't think we're going to do multiple times in one night, um, no more than two. Um, I, th I do strongly believe Cody's going to win this one, and that will be the end of this rivalry, I would believe. Um, maybe the kind of the opening for a Kevin Owens versus Cody rivalry. I could have swore there was going to be a, an Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens match, and if that's the case, then Ezekiel's winning that. <laughs> but that wasn't on the card from what I saw, which is disappointing because I think uh, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel have done a really good job of building it up. It's been fun. And finally, the six-man tag, Bloodline versus RK McBro. Um, I was very, I'm very tempted to say RK McBro because I think there's a possibility that Sami Zayn comes in and interferes and costs our, um, the bloodline accidentally because, you know, he's been trying to weasel his way in. But um, since Sami is, is that factor, you know, it makes me a little bit hesitant to say this, but because the bloodline is so strong, um, they've just been on an incredible streak. And now you hear this news that that Roman Reigns said on a live show, like um, that he may not be making these rounds anymore at certain uh, at certain cities. That makes me so disappointed. Don't end his don't end his reign before WrestleMania 40, please, for the love of all that is holy. He needs to hold this just at least until then. I want it like that would be perfect. I don't know anyone else who could pull off such a long reign. And, and make it believable. He's just been gold. I don't want to lose him. But you know what? You know, he can't stay forever. And, you know, a lot of these guys kind of want to go on to Hollywood. But, God, don't leave. <laughs> I'm not going to freak out just yet. Not until he actually announces something. But I am just... And he's also been kind of hinting at this for a while, though. For, like, about a year. He's He keeps hinting at, you know, he don't know how much longer he's going to be doing this. So, we'll see. We'll see. But I think the Bloodline's going to win this match. So, if he loses... That indicates that, of course, if, if they lose, I should say, which is a possibility, it's a very strong possibility, um, I still think they're going to win. But if they lose, it's going to be because um, they're signaling the end of one of Roman's reigns. <laughs> that came out funny. but Anyways, that's my review, my highlights for the week. That's my predictions for Backlash. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Enjoy.